You're listening to Making Motherhood with Riley Hitchner and Joanna Ballantyne. Hi, everybody. This is Joanna. And this is Riley. And we are back after taking a short break. Today's episode is about the time dilemma. We sent out a questionnaire when we started the podcast and asked a few questions. One of them was, what's the biggest kind of like hang up being a mom and being creative? What's the biggest pain point or the biggest challenge of being a creative mom? And the number one question was, you don't have the time. How do we find the time? I don't feel like I have time. The biggest concern was just time, being a mom and being a creative. So we want to talk about that today. Mm-hmm and answer some of those questions about how we do that and how we we make the most of the time that we do have. We don't have extra time. We don't have a ton of time, actually. I don't have regular childcare. We homeschool our kids. So we're making the most of the time that we have mm-hmm. all day with our kids. And most of that time, actually, I would say, what, 95% of that time, it's usually with the kids. Yeah. It's pretty, in this season, rare to be able to step away and do that without them. So this is kind of us figuring out how to squeeze it in throughout our mundane times. Yeah. So I have a favorite quote that I'm sharing with you guys. This is by Bruce Garibrandt. Creativity doesn't wait for the perfect moment. It fashions its own perfect moment out of ordinary ones. So today we're talking about how to fashion these moments out of just all these ordinary motherhood moments that we have, these full days with our children, How do we fashion these moments of inspiration, craft, care through our creative work, through our ordinary moments every day? We have three points that we're sharing of how to fashion those moments. The first way to do this is by falling in love with the life that you have and out of that love, making it more beautiful, more inspiring. So I found this quote by Osho. To be creative means to be in love with life. You can be creative only if you love life enough that you want to enhance its beauty. You want to bring a little bit more music to it, a little bit more poetry to it, a little bit more dance to it. What I loved about this is what is poetry, like how do you add poetry to your life? What is poetry versus prose? So prose is the spoken language in just its ordinary form. Mm -hmm. Poetry is words that give expression of feelings or ideas by the use of distinctive style and rhythm. So what does that look like bringing poetry into your life? Yes, you're sharing the same message as somebody who's speaking in prose or somebody who's written a full novel on the subject, but it's intentional, it's more beautiful, it's more expressive, and dancing versus walking when he says adding a little dance to it you're maybe moving in the same direction as somebody walking, but it's done in a more expressive, beautiful way. And the same with music. So music versus talking. And so if you have fallen in love with life, it's, it's, we've talked about this before, but like romanticizing your life Mm -hmm. enough Mm -hmm. that you want to add such beauty to it. In the backwards kind of way that creativity works, the more that you use it, the more that you continue Mm -hmm. to have it. It is a snowball effect. You use it. It keeps growing and growing and growing. It is like a rechargeable battery. It's a renewable resource. It's not something that when you use it, 
you have used all of it and you run out, you actually continue to grow it. And so living a life that inspires you allows you to have more access to the beauty, the creativity, the inspiration Mm -hmm. than if you didn't. Right, yeah. In order to make more of, you have to do. So it's guaranteed if you take time to be creative, whatever that is, more creativity will come from that. Yeah. So how do you feel like you add poetry to your days? How do I romanticize my life? Yeah. (laughs) I think by talking in a funny accent sometimes, by dressing up a little bit more. It doesn't have to be a costume, but it can be a scarf around your hair and a flowy skirt, and you can channel in your inner European 1800s Mary Poppins. You know, we have these tasks that we do as mothers. I have to do the laundry. I have to do the dishes. We have bedtime routine. It's taking those everyday moments and adding a little bit of beauty to it. I think we have this idea that bedtime routine has to be hard, or it's just so many people say that it is one of the hardest parts of the day. But how can you take that very ordinary everyday moment and actually have it be inspiring and beautiful to you? I know that sounds super crazy if you have three under four years old like I have you know Mm -hmm. we're out of that at this moment my oldest is seven but I've been there how do you make those everyday ordinary moments a little bit more beautiful and actually work for you it's things like lighting a candle reading the bedtime stories or in the bath or having music on to kind of just set the tone for we're winding down and it's not chaotic brushing teeth, bath time, pajamas in bed, but something that actually is a moment of connection and closing out your day. Bedtime is the part of the day that I look forward to the most. We sit and read together and my two younger ones fall asleep on me while I'm reading to our oldest one and it's something that's really beautiful and a memory that I'll keep forever And I would say that that feeds my creativity just as much Mm -hmm. as sitting down and working on a project. It's it's the nights that we are overly busy Mm -hmm. that bedtime is hard. It's when we had when we were in seasons of soccer practice that went until eight. Any of the things that we have that we are into the late hours of a weeknight. That's when bedtime is so hard and so since we don't have that and we purposely choose to keep the evening hours simple when we're out of the seasons of any kind of sports it's always been just a really beautiful time of day so you could have easily missed out on those moments being magical and peaceful and life-giving if you have chosen to continue having busy afternoon or evening. Yeah, and that actually leads to our next point, which is to remove the unnecessary. I have this quote from Shauna Nequist. It's not hard to decide what you want your life to be about. What's hard, she said, is figuring out what you're willing to give up in order to do the things that you really care about. Joanne and I Mm -hmm. give up a lot of things that I think is pretty normal in the American Mm -hmm. parenthood season. And signing our kids up for all the things all Mm -hmm. year round is one of them. And I think the greatest reward for saying no to those things is our bedtime routine. Yeah, because you now have a much slower and simpler evening, correct? 
Yeah. And the books that we're reading are books that I never read as a kid because we were so busy. I played all the sports. I was in a school that was really challenging and had papers to write and homework late into the night. And I didn't get to enjoy all these really, really beautiful, rich childhood stories. And I get to experience it for the first time as an adult with my children. And that is such a gift to me. It fills my cup like nothing else. I don't, I will always look back to the read aloud time that we have as a family as my number one memory as a mom. One of the things that I have gotten from choosing to not sign up for things or or to having our schedule be significantly more flexible is, man, just being bored. We have days where we literally just have no idea what we're going to do because sometimes it's really open. And yeah. wow, have I gotten addicted to the lifestyle of having days in the week where you're bored. It, it has sparked the most creativity it really has. It has been the most time in my life, the time where where we have the most amount of time in our schedule. We're not signed up for things. At first, I used to feel like I was missing out or the kids were missing out mm-hmm. from not being signed up for the camps, all the VBSs, or yeah. whatever else. Like filling up summertime, it's time to do everything. But now I'm just like, no, I don't care. When you see the value of the stillness, the quietness, having ample time to take the long walk when you have time for just mindless tasks that give you time to just think. And when you give yourself time to take a spontaneous trip to walk through an antique store and just have quiet time, those things, when you realize that those are actually so healthy for you creatively and so good for your kids as well to have all that time then it's gives you permission to say no to all the things that you feel you're supposed to sign up for when you have time to be bored creativity thrives in that and then in turn your children will also thrive in that yeah and then you created this like we said renewable source of creativity Mm -hmm. but it's just hard to start and prioritize that. And now I've seen the value of that. I mean, don't get me wrong, we are going to have to, you know, the fall is going to start and there are things that we've committed to that we will be doing. But I have tasted what boredom can bring and that will also be a priority for the fall because it is needed not so much just for my soul but also to be able be able to mother now, I will say, for example, when we do have those evenings and those days where we just don't really have much of a schedule, or we do have a schedule, we just have more time to just slowly live our schedule, those were the days where we found a large frog in our pool, or we found a large um, turtle. We have the flexibility to literally grab them and have time to observe them, to draw them, to study them to take our slow time with them, and then to release them. I'm so thankful that we have that time to to literally just say, experiment. I I didn't choose to have a life where we didn't have much going on. It kind of happened to me when I got sick. And at first, I honestly thought it was a huge bummer uh, because I was used to living in a different way. And then, man, there's no going back. I, I didn't know it was an option. I was actually embarrassed of it. I thought, wow, you don't do anything (laughs) 
for society. In reality, I feel like I am. I feel like I am teaching my kids how to see creativity as a way of life. It's not something you do, it's the way you live. I think that brings up one of the points that we had mentioned as we were talking about this podcast about giving up the hustling lifestyle. And you've seen a difference in your ability to create mm-hmm. out of not pursuing mm-hmm. a hustling lifestyle. Yeah, uh, absolutely seeing positive effects physically and mentally and emotionally and creatively. I think another thing that we've given up is the pressure of perfection, mm-hmm. not believing that we have to have our house a certain way Mm, it can be a little bit imperfect to be honest with you Riley if I kept this house in order 100% of the time you wouldn't have time I would not have time (laughs) and to tell the truth I'm just gonna be real honest here yeah my house stays a mess sometimes and I've accepted it we do prioritize taking care of our home and we have time slots for that but if it's between us having a creative session and it came out of nowhere, we're going to choose that first before continuing our chores. And it's always a season, right? It ebb and flows. There's some seasons where we need our house to be more put together mm-hmm. for our mental health. And I listen to that and I do that. And there's seasons where for our mental health, we have to prioritize being creative. Yeah. And lastly, I would say the thing that would be things that we give up in order to prioritize the stillness, the quiet, room to be bored would be media consumption. And that would be scrolling on your phone or TV. So in looking at all these areas and all these things that we cut out in order to be supportive to the creative lifestyle that we have, I want to encourage you to ask yourself, what am I currently doing that's actually keeping me from the creative work that I'm made to do? I will say that sometimes, and I've told you this, I justify it by saying I am finding inspiration and I do get stuck in the scroll or I get stuck in whatever. And I think that there can be a healthy balance, but when you don't have that, it can take more time than you think. But what would happen if you replace that with something else? We've heard that. Yeah. We always, people well, it's, it's that. like fast food versus whole quality food. Right. It's easy. It's quickly mm-hmm. digested but it's not really providing you nourishing mm-hmm. like whole foods that is actually like energizing your cells mm-hmm. and sustaining you for so much longer. I think probably for creatives, the number one thing that makes us feel like it's hard to give up is the thought that it's adding so much value. And I think it is, but can it add value? This is for myself as well. Can it add value? in just small segments of your day Mm -hmm. and putting boundaries to the rest of your day. For me, what I've done is actually put on the notifications for the people who I am absolutely inspired by them every time they post. Mm -hmm. And so that I'm not feeling stressed of like, well, if I don't check my phone Mm -hmm. several hours a day, then I'm going to miss that content. But it's putting the notifications for the people that you don't want to miss. And then, you know, the rest of it can go. The third point is embracing the imperfect. You do not have to have a perfectly beautiful home, beautifully dressed family. All these things don't have to line up just perfectly in order to have a beautifully creative life that inspires me. I can actually live in a very, very simple home and still find beauty in it. This is actually a Henry David Thoreau quote. It's not what you look at that matters, it's what you see. 
You might even find yourself where your life is aesthetically beautiful and inspiring, but just like your heart, like you just feel like you just experienced loss or divorce or the struggles of relationships. There's so many things and we've been there. We both have been there. In one of my favorite books, The Hiding Place, Corey Ten Boom, there's a quote that I want to share that is just a picture of you can take the most heartbreaking situation and the most non-beautiful living place and see beauty in even the most simple or the most tragic situation. If you're not familiar with The Hiding Place, it takes place in World War II. A family in Holland is hiding away several Jewish people in their home and then they are arrested and eventually end up in a concentration camp. And in this part of the story, Corey is separated from her sister and her sister's in a different jail cell and she's walking past it and and observes this about her sister and her cell. Then I was abreast of the door. Betsy's back was to the corridor. I could see only the graceful unswept bun of her chestnut hair. The other women in the cell stared curiously at the corridor. Her head remained bent over something in her lap. But I had seen the home that Betsy made in Schwenigen. For unbelieving, against all logic, the cell was actually charming. My eyes seized only a few details as I inched reluctantly past. The straw pallets were rolled instead of piled in a heap, standing like little pillars along the wall, each with a lady's hat atop it. A headscarf had somehow been hung along the wall. The contents of several food packages were arranged on a small shelf. I could just hear Betsy saying, "'The red biscuit tin in the center.' Even the coats hanging on their hooks were part of a welcome of that room. Each sleeve draped over the shoulder of a coat next to it, like a row of dancing children. So I love that picture of her seeing into a jail cell and during the most ugly, tragic time, and her sister being able to make something beautiful out of ashes. Something she was expressing herself creatively, bringing beauty into the world, and really just embracing the imperfection and still making something beautiful from it. So it's just, it's not what we look at, it's what we see. And I can just imagine Betsy seeing beauty in that room and seeing the value to bringing beauty to a really not beautiful place. Mm-hmm. I think one of the points of this conversation is romanticize what you got going on. From my experience, when I have everyday tasks that are just taking over life and we just have to do them and that's fine, I sometimes will play characters or sometimes I will pretend like we're from, I don't know, the 1800s or something. Sometimes I don't even, I'm not even historically accurate here. And um, I come up with accents and then the kids come up with accents and then we're just accenting each other. And it just becomes this play of us putting away laundry or doing something. And it kind of um, snowball effect itself or us into asking questions. Like the kids would ask questions. They're like, mom, did they really like only wash their clothes? by hand I'm like yeah and then they'd be like how and I'm like well let's go figure that out and then it kind of like snowball affects things all I'm saying is like anytime I've done this it has always led to something where we are creating or making or learning it just makes things so much better I don't know how to explain it I don't know what else to say I think it's just the playfulness and the 
beauty that you're able to see in these really mundane things that you guys are doing and allowing yourself to be childlike. I think that's really beautiful. I think that's a good point that you said that I haven't even thought about. We believe that children are literally the definition of creativity. And so if you want to stay creative, yeah, you also have to be childlike. Yeah. It's the people who we think of as like the most creative, the most just genius in mm-hmm. the art yeah. world are mm-hmm. honestly just being childlike mm-hmm. and continuing to allow themselves to do so. And I think that's like the key. Mm-hmm. And I would say most mm-hmm. artists that I know that are creating work that I really love, they embrace that. I think that's that's really the key is that that creativity, playfulness, romanticizing, keeping things simple and just embracing that you're never going to have the perfect moment. Mm-hmm. Your day yes. is not going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Your home is not going to be perfect. None of it needs to be perfect to be able to allow you to create what you're wanting to create. And we don't have to wait for that perfect moment. It doesn't come after our kids grow up and leave the house. It actually can happen right now. Yeah. And also creativity. The world tells us creativity needs to be painting, photography, videography, Mm -hmm. creating with your hands or having a studio. No, you, you absolutely do not have to do that. Creativity is honestly a a lifestyle it's a form of thinking it is a Mm -hmm. form of being of walking kind of like what you were saying at the very beginning you add poetry to your life by adding that beauty by seeing the beauty by instead of walking you're skipping what people today would call romanticizing i call being grateful and seeing what the reality is that life really is beautiful and as we have experienced ourselves even in really hard times in life where it's not so beautiful I feel like it still can be. Yeah. Joanne and I both have had really difficult seasons that we've walked through. And I would say I don't know a single artist that I admire that hasn't walked through challenges, Mm -hmm. struggles, like true hardships. So if you're in that, if you're in a really difficult season, we know what it's like. And kind of how Corey in The Hiding Place mentions how her sister didn't wait until she was in freedom and out of the concentration camp and and back into her home or into her space. You know, sometimes we think that it has to be Mm -hmm. our space Mm -hmm. to make it, to put our mark on it. She didn't wait for that. She did it right in the midst of it. And actually she brought such beauty and life in the midst of what was absolutely the hardest season of their lives and she was able to do that so I just I'm so inspired by her story because she didn't wait for the perfect moment she didn't wait for everything to line up Mm -hmm. to be able to see the beauty she out of gratitude and I think out of duty she made that space beautiful as beautiful as it could be and it's mm-hmm. taking what we have. So it's it's making our time as beautiful as it can be within mm-hmm. our limitations. Yeah. It's taking our home and making it as beautiful as it can be within our limitations. And not, we definitely don't want you to feel like we're saying you have to spend more to make your home more beautiful and inspiring to you. It's truly more about the mindset. So it's the mindset of falling in love with your life, the choice of removing the unnecessary, and realizing that we can have beauty in the midst of this perfectly imperfect life that we live.
Thanks for joining us today. If you resonate with this message and enjoy our conversation, please subscribe. And big shout out to our talented friend Craig Stilley, who wrote and graciously provided our theme song, Bloom.